We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. The Lakers fall to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but not without controversy. LeBron James hits what sure looked like a three, which is seconds left. It would have tied the game. The referees say, no, we're only giving you a two. They called it a two live on the floor, which to me was very suspicious. Not that I'm saying that the referees were cheating or something like that, but it didn't look live like it was a two replay showed Maybe a little bit of his foot may have touched the line, but it sure looked like when you slowed it down, there was daylight between LeBron's foot and the three-point line. And ultimately, the referees, they go back, they review it with a shot on the screen that you could even see from the TV, from the, the regular camera. You could see the shot on the screen the refs were looking at with daylight between LeBron's foot and the three-point line. Referees still called it a two, even with a swarm of Lakers players pointing right at it on the screen. Referees refused to change the call on the floor, instead calling it a two and essentially ending the game at that point. The Lakers did have a chance to come back and get another shot up. Um, were not able to score on that one, though, and ultimately fall to the Wolves. It was, look, you know, editor extraordinaire Daniel Starkan put this out on, on X just a moment ago, said that was a poorly officiated game before that two slash three call. And he's not wrong. That game was awful. Players were frustrated. The officials didn't seem to know what they were doing. There was no consistency out there in the calls. And it was a mess. Then you have the game end like that. Not a good look for the NBA. LeBron James potentially robbed on his birthday. I know you guys have plenty of things to say about what just happened there. Real quick rundown of the stats, and I want to get into your questions and comments, let you guys vent as much as we can in this one. Anthony Davis was a monster. Unfortunate, unfortunate that such a great day for him was ruined by what happened here. 33 points, 17 rebounds, eight assists, four steals, two blocks for Anthony Davis on 12 of 17 shooting. He was absolutely phenomenal. 26 for LeBron, six assists, three steals, one block on his 39th birthday. Happy birthday, LeBron. Here's a very questionable call from the officials for you. That's a rough birthday present. Nobody else on the Lakers really got going. No one else in double figures. The Lakers had a, I thought, a, a very poor offensive outing aside from LeBron and Anthony Davis. Just two for 11 from Austin Reeves. One of the worst shooting nights we've seen from him recently. He's been playing great basketball, an off night for sure. From Austin, 0 of 5 from 3. D'Angelo Russell, 1 of 4 shooting, just 5 points, 3 assists. And he got hurt, had to leave the game with a tailbone injury. Again, nobody else really got going. Torian Prince was fine from deep, 3 for 6. He'll take that for 9 points. But Jared Vanderbilt, 3 for 7. Cam Reddish, 2 for 7, 2 for 8 from Rui Hachimura. A very quiet night from him, 17 minutes, 5 points, 1 rebound. Christian Wood, apparently now officially ahead of Jackson Hayes in the pecking order at the backup center spot. Seven points and five rebounds. He was fine, two for two from deep. But ultimately, there just weren't enough other Lakers that got it going in this one. On the other side, 31 for Anthony Edwards, who was unstoppable. And this was part of the officiating problem. I thought Anthony Edwards, whenever he got going to the basket, was getting calls. Some of them accurate. Some of them for cert certainly deserved. Other ones, no contact. 
and he's getting calls. LeBron James driving, of course, contact, no calls uh, for him. So that was frustrating from, from the Lakers side. But Anthony Edwards, fantastic game, 31 points, 13 for Rudy Gobert with 13 rebounds, 15 points for Mike Conley, including a couple of threes late that really hurt the Lakers, left wide open on corner threes. That was really a big problem besides just this one call. And I know we're going to focus a lot on that call, but aside from that, the Lakers just couldn't get stops late. When they needed to, with the game on the line, they could not get stops. They kept giving up open corner threes. They kept getting uh, guys going to the free throw line, could not get stops. In fact, I counted, I think, of the last six, up until that final call there, of the last six Wolves possessions, they scored on four of them. Um, that's just that's way too many points when the Lakers are trying to come back. They can never really make much progress because they kept getting scored on on the other end. Nas Reed. Why does he do this? He has a history of blowing up against the Lakers, did it again tonight, 21 points, five rebounds. I mean, that was the difference in this game. The Wolves had one of their role players go nuts and have his game of the season, and the Lakers didn't have any of their guys have a solid outing on the offensive end aside from LeBron and AD. That's the difference in this game, really, aside from just that call. All right, let's get into your thoughts here. Suits doesn't like my my characterization here i said a questionable call he said master lock the title because i made it a questionable call in the title i'm assuming you mean that i should have used something stronger than questionable it's only the only reason why i put it even as questionable is because there's some footage going around where you can see lebron's toe move forward a little bit but even so i still think it's a three i'm biased but that's the only reason why i even put it as questionable honestly i think it was a blown call i think it was a three I think the problem was they called it a two on the floor. Probably should not have been uh, called a two on the floor. That was surprising that he called it a two on the floor when I don't think it even looked live, like his toe was on the line. But um, let's see. This one said, how was that missed with everyone pointing at it? Again, it was bewildering. There's no question. It was so surprising to see the evidence right there on the screen and see the refs still call it the other way. Now, again, when you go look at the video, LeBron's toe rocks forward a little bit, but I didn't think there was any evidence that his toe was actually on the line. Didn't look like that. Jay said, Rui getting no minutes in the second half. Braun and AD only two in double figures is insane. Yeah, again, the Lakers, they had offensively, and the Wolves are a good defensive team, a very good defensive team, but offensively, the Lakers really just had no help. Nobody else got going in this one. No one else got going, and that was the story of the game. Again, everyone else in single digits. Austin 2 for 11. D'Lo 1 for 4. You had no scoring from anybody else that was significant aside from LeBron and Anthony Davis. And look, that's not necessarily critical of Austin Reeves. Right, Austin's been fantastic for a month. He's been great. He had an off shooting night. It happens. That's where you need somebody else who's got to get going. D'Lo didn't get going. 20 minutes, one for four shooting. Torian, three for nine overall on the night, including uh, some bad turnovers in this one. Three turnovers for Torian Prince. Cam Reddish, he's shooting 30% from three on the season. The Wolves completely ignored him behind the three-point line. Jared Vanderbilt doing what he does, missing shots right at the rim, including one late that he didn't hit. Uh, made a bunch of other really good plays, Vando did. Did some great things hustle-wise. I thought he looked more like himself than we've seen, but the fact of the matter remains, he's going to miss shots around the rim. He's not going to give you much in terms of scoring. He had eight points in this one, but some critical misses late in this game. And this is why, you know, I know a lot of people are going to want to talk trade here. This is why when I look at what the Lakers need, we can talk about on the trade market, the Lakers, you need another big. You need a true big-bodied center. I think that's something you need to go get. I think you could use more three-point shooting. There's no question there. I think you could use another point-of-attack defender as well. But I think the bottom line, what the Lakers need is they need some two-way players. They need guys who can play both offense and defense. They've got a number of guys who are one or the other. And mixing and matching those guys is fine, except Darvin Ham's not doing it. He's not mixing and matching those guys. He's playing defensive lineups. He's playing offensive lineups. There's not nearly enough blending of the two skill sets. Drives me crazy. If it works for him, great. Then I'll say I was wrong. 
and I'll be happy to do it because that'll mean good things for the Lakers. But it is bizarre seeing these all offense, all defense lineups that are coming out of this Lakers coaching staff. Very, very surprising. And it just really underscores the need for guys who can do both, who can defend and give you something on the offensive end of the floor. So that's number one. That's really your prime goal on the trade market. And from there, you're hoping you can find somebody who can give you some shooting, who can give you some perimeter defense, who can do these sorts of things for you as well. In addition to, in addition to, of course, those particular positions, a guard, another backup big, who's got some size, some physicality to them. You're looking for all of those things. All right, let me get back into more of your questions and comments. Again, I know you guys have a lot to say on this one, so I want to make sure you guys get plenty of time to. Mission 86 said, no bueno, but no time to sulk. Um, another one tomorrow. Let's get it. Master Lock Conley for dancing and LeBron's right foot. Let's close the year in style. You know, when the schedule first came out, on first glance, you went, Ooh, that's rough. And then when you dig into it and you see that the Lakers have, I believe it was the second most back-to-backs in the league. You go, wow, that's, this is getting worse. Go look at the month. If you want to be scared, go look at the month of March for the Lakers. It's brutal. And now you're in this situation. You're closing out 2023 with a back-to-back on the road, Minnesota. Now the Lakers play tomorrow in New Orleans. And keep in mind, D'Angelo Russell just got banged up in this game. Who knows what his status is going to be tomorrow. LeBron James was sick. He was questionable to play in this game. Does he play in the second night of a back-to-back? Anthony Davis's hip got hit a number of times in this game. Does he get into tomorrow's game or not? Not good. Not good. And now you've got to go hop on a plane. You've got to fly. It's a three-hour flight to New Orleans from Minnesota. And that game is going to start in 20 hours. So the Lakers just walked off the floor. They have to play another NBA game after. Right now, they got to shower. They got to do media. They got to do all that stuff. Then they got to go travel to the airport. They got to hop on a plane, fly for three hours. So we're talking they're probably getting in New Orleans time. They're probably getting in at 3 a.m. And they've got a game that's going to start at like six. Going to start like 15 hours after that. That's difficult. That's not easy, especially when you're in a tight game like this late. That's going to be the situation for the Lakers in this one against New Orleans. Um not saying it's a definite loss. That it's still a winnable game against New Orleans, but not an easy situation. And we'll see how many Lakers are actually available to play in tomorrow's game. Uh, Trey, it's the biggest cheat game since Boston. <laughs> Those refs aren't seeing heaven. Well, that's certainly one way to put it. That's one way to put it. Malachi said so we got cheated. Two no calls. Vando fouled on the shot. Was he? So I was doing the play-by-play. I didn't see that Vando had gotten fouled. I was I was just a little critical of Vando for missing those shots. Was he fouled on that play? I may have missed that while I was doing the um, the play-by-play and sorting through some stats and things. Um, and the charge on Gobert. Yeah, Gobert did commit an offensive foul there. Austin Reeves took the charge. Fortunately, the Wolves didn't score on that play. But that was a miss too. Um, refs are frauds. Look, I... On one hand, I look at it this way. I say, officiating an NBA game is an extremely difficult thing to do. And we talk about this a lot, right? It's a it's a very difficult job. By no means am I saying I would be good at it. I would be terrible as a referee. I would be awful. It's an insane job with guys that are moving incredibly fast and figuring out exactly what happened is going to be a very, very difficult thing. That said, these guys make the big bucks to referee in the NBA. Right. This is this is the show. And this is what these guys have dedicated their lives to. And when you're missing the calls that these guys are missing, when we go to review, and I don't have any confidence when it goes to replay that the correct decision is going to come back, despite what the video evidence may say, that's not good. That's not good for the league. I was talking over on playback as well as right here on the YouTube channel. I said, you know, there's a saying in MMA, right? Mixed martial arts. There's a saying, never leave it in the hands of the officials. 
That's the, that's the saying in MMA. Never, or I'm sorry, never leave it in the hands of the judges because you never know what a judge is going to see, what a judge is going to come back with on their scorecard. You always try to finish the fight. I feel like it's the same thing in the NBA. You can't leave it in the hands of the officials because you just never know what they're going to come back with on a replay. There's no, there's no consistency. You have no certainty that the correct call is going to be found. And again, look, I am far from an unbiased opinion there. I am incredibly biased. I view everything through purple and gold lenses. By no means am I saying that I am this uh, pure view on this. I certainly am not. But nonetheless, it is frustrating when you're watching games and you don't feel like that's the case. Three theory said we need more offensive production. Also master lock the refs. Yeah, they absolutely need more offensive production. The Lakers do. The Wolves are a good defense. They're great defense. One of the best defenses in the NBA. But the Lakers flat out need more offensive production. There's no question. They need more firepower. Can you find that at the trade deadline? And I know a lot of people will immediately jump to Zach Levine, but let me throw this out there. Let me throw this out there. Um, if you are, if you're the Lakers and you've got Zach Levine that you could trade for and you've got to stack up multiple contracts, maybe we got to talk about what kind of draft capital you have to add in, things of that nature. And you're going to have to pay Zach Levine 40 plus million for multiple seasons here. You have four seasons under contract. So you're committing a significant chunk of your future to Zach Levine. And by the end of it, he's going to be making 50 million. And maybe the cap goes up and so it doesn't look quite as bad at that point. But you've got to be really convinced that Zach Levine is that guy. Would you rather give up what it takes to get Zach Levine and fix the offensive scoring problem that way while recognizing that he's not going to do anything for your, your defense? Or what about like a Bojan Bogdanovich? What's the cost to get him? I know the Pistons just said that people are going to have to overpay to get him and all this stuff, but it's a much more short-term commitment. And he makes literally half the money of Zach Levine. What's the better option? there? Something to consider. Not saying they could for sure get him. Not saying the Pistons even want to trade him. Just saying it's not necessarily, or yeah, as the chat's mentioning, DeJounte Murray, right? That's another possibility. Not saying it's any of those guys necessarily that you have to go after. Just are there, are there alternative options? I don't think it's Zach Levine or nothing for the Lakers on the trade market. All right, let's get into a few more of your questions and comments. Koa said, Austin Reeves, Cam, Rui, D'Lo, Torian Prince, he all would make a good five in China. Oh, man, banishing banishing all these players. Braun got assaulted and they just watched on his birthday too. Both refs and supporting cast were a disgrace tonight. Yeah, there was that play at the end where LeBron uh, attacked the rim, got fouled, got hit. Um, and he um, didn't get the call. It was surprising. It was certainly surprising to see that. Now... I thought he they got a makeup call. LeBron drove on um LeBron drove on Carl Anthony Towns and just got a little bump and got an and one. So I felt like that was the makeup call from that play. But nonetheless, yeah, we talked about that over on, on the live show too. By the way, if you guys didn't know this yet, we are now doing our live play-by-play -play is on YouTube as well. So you can come watch, hang out with us during the game, watch uh watch together with us. We talk through everything, it's a lot of fun. So come join us here on the YouTube channel for that during all the games. But LeBron doesn't get the benefit of the whistle the way other stars do. Like if Giannis gets hit in the head right at the rim, he's probably getting the call, right? If it's Luka, Jokic, certainly if it's Embiid, and yet LeBron's not getting the benefit of that, of that whistle. And this has been a thing for a couple of seasons now where you haven't really seen LeBron get the benefit of the whistle. And to see all this happen too, on the guy's birthday, 39th birthday, only 39-year-old in the NBA. Crazy. Crazy. And, and unfortunate. Unfortunate. That's for sure. Sebastian said, I understand the Lakers 
should have won if our role players had average nights, but for a game to be decided on a call that was clear, broad as daylight is disgraceful. Yeah. It's uh, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And it's going to remind people of the Jason Tatum non-foul call from last year. And I don't know what else to say. It's frustrating when the players are pointing right at the screen and the referees are looking right at it. Again, they're saying maybe his toe rocked forward a little bit. It was called a two on the floor. I get it, but that's a rough way to lose a game. It's a rough way to lose a game, especially when it sure looks like there's evidence right in front of them saying that it should have been ruled a three. And we don't know. Look, we don't know for sure what would have happened. We don't know. We can't say what would have happened. But the Lakers were denied that opportunity, right? Maybe the Wolves would have come down and scored with two seconds left. Maybe they would have come down and scored. That's possible. And that would have ended the game. Maybe the Lakers would have gone to overtime and they would have lost there. We don't know. The problem was you were denied that opportunity. We didn't get to find out because the officials denied the evidence that was sitting there and said, we're going to go with this idea that maybe, even though it's not shown, his toe touched the line when he pushed off. Didn't look like it, but that's what they decided to go with. Ramos said, ref watched a 40-year-old LeBron get assaulted every game. The worst part is they reviewed it to see if it was a three and still got it wrong on his birthday. That's right. On his birthday. Right? Happy birthday, LeBron. Here's your gift from the referees. Here it is. Unreal. Unreal. All right, let me get into a few more of these. You guys obviously know what the master lock is going to be already. You know what, though? Let me ask you this, chat. Clearly, the superstar of the night is Anthony Davis. He had a phenomenal outing yet again. He's had an incredible December. He's been fantastic. But let me ask you guys this. Who is it that you think should get this award? Star in your role. The star in your role. Who gets it? Who would you give this to? If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. People saying LeBron 
I'm looking at some of the quotes coming out. Oh, here's LeBron's direct quote. Oh, wow. LeBron did not hold back. And I'm going to get to your, your superstar or your star in your role awards in just a second. Wow. LeBron says, it's obviously a three. My foot was behind the line. You could see the space between my foot and the three-point line. Stevie Wonder could see that, champ. Someone over there with a ham sandwich made the call. Wow. And LeBron LeBron did not hold back, and I don't blame him. He has a right to be mad in this one. I'm seeing a lot of Christian Wood, and that's kind of the way I'm leaning. There were some moments. There were some moments where uh, Christian Wood, you know, defensively had some issues in terms of his rotations and things of that nature. But overall, what were you hoping to get out of Christian Wood? You were hoping to get a few three-point makes. You were hoping to get some rebounding. And in 13 minutes, five rebounds, a block, seven points, two of two from deep. This is what you needed to find out before the trade deadline. And I'm not saying this is reason why you don't go get another big. I think you do need another big. But you need to find out, can Christian Wood be part of the rotation? They were even playing him late in this game when they were trying to close it out. I think the answer is yes. I think he can be. Now, there's games where he can be streaky. There's games where uh, he doesn't give you exactly what you need out there on the floor. But there's no reason for Jackson Hayes to be getting these minutes. I think that's clear. I think the Jackson Hayes as your backup five thing has sailed. And you need to find out, can Christian Wood be consistent enough to at least be in the mix here? That's what you need to find out over the next few weeks. I still, I, even if it's a yes and Christian Wood shooting well from three, I still think you need to go get a physical, big-bodied center. That's what you need. But I'm going to go Christian Wood because, frankly, I don't think very many other players were good. You could argue Vando, especially if you're giving Vando credit for getting fouled on the last shot that he took and missing at the rim. I thought Vando did some really good things. But I think Christian Wood deserves some recognition for what he's done the last couple of games. I think he's been pretty good in terms of what the expectations are for him. All right. Suits. Refs. Nope, I know you see the blown call right in front of us, but our pride's at stake. We won't entertain looking at the big monitor that clears, uh, clearly shows how to call it. He also said no female ref. So here's the thing. like The woman who was refing the game, she had a bunch of calls that Lakers fans were not happy with. I wasn't happy with. I wasn't happy. Um, a lot of questionable calls from her that just didn't, it looked like she missed, especially the foul on Rui early in the game where Rui got fouled. I mean, clearly just chopped across both arms. Like it wasn't even trying to make a play on the ball. Rui was under the basket, tries to go up. And I forget who it was, came in, just chopped him across both arms. He was just trying to make sure he didn't get a dunk, right? That was that was the play. Wasn't even trying to like make a play on the ball. It was a chop across the arms. Just make sure the shot doesn't get up. And out of bounds, Lakers ball. No foul. No call. Nothing. And Rui got upset. I think Rui even got a tech because he threw his mask off. It was bad. But here's the thing. We've seen, whether whether it's a male ref or a female ref, we've seen refs make tons of mistakes. Tony Brothers was sitting there point, looking at a screen, showing LeBron hit a three, and saying, no, it's a two. We've seen refs, male, female, make mistakes. I'm not going to say it's just a female ref thing. Not when we've seen so many examples. Certainly wasn't a female ref that blew it last year on the, the Jason Tatum thing. Karl Marx said, oh, okay, we got a trade offer here. If the Hawks offer Capella, Murray, and Wes Matthews. For Reeves, Rui, Gabe, Max Lewis, no draft picks. Are you doing that? Well, yeah. I mean, if you're getting, if you're getting Dejounte Murray, and you don't have to give up any picks. Now, is it? Are you going to give up Austin Reeves? You don't want to, of course, but you're getting a lot there. Gabe Vincent, you don't know what he's going to be when he comes back. 
Max Lewis, you paid a lot to get him. My initial thought was, okay, no draft picks. Yeah, you probably have to do that. I don't know if I want to deal. Like, I think I would rather put a pick in that deal and not trade Reeves. I'd rather put a pick. Like, that's that's the value-wise, that's great. But I'd rather put a pick in that deal and not trade Austin. If that's what it came to. That would be my prayer. I'd be negotiating with the Hawks saying, yeah, we're going to give you some picks. Or we're going to give you something else. It's Fiddle said, send Chris to give an in real life master lock to Tony Brothers. There's no effing way. I'm livid. Celtics flashbacks, right? Absolutely. Flashbacks. And here's the thing. Here's the thing, Lakers Nation. Last year, and this is perhaps why, Lakers, beyond just this game, why Lakers fans get so fired up about this. Last year, there was at minimum, and I'm telling you, other fans will tell you it was more, at minimum, there were four games last year that were lost directly by missed calls by the officials on last-moment plays. In fact, it happened twice in one game against Dallas where a call was missed or was blown at the end of regulation and another one in overtime. The wrong call was made or not made, and it changed the outcome of the game. That happened to the Lakers four times. And again, that Celtics game is the most egregious example where Tatum just chops LeBron across the arm as he's shooting a layup and no call with the game on the line. And there were other examples of this as well throughout the season. Minimum of four times. I've seen people say, well, it was actually five or six because of this. The blat Blatantly, though, no dispute four times last season. So when something like this comes up, it's going to send us all right back into that from last season and how frustrating that certainly was. Masterlock Magic Johnson for trading and beats the Zubats. You know, coming off of this game, that's a little surprising thing to Masterlock, but you're right. You're right. I That was a bad trade. The Lakers, the Lakers could certainly use a big like a beats the Zubats right now. Could certainly use them. All right, let's see what else we've got. Billy, so we compared this roster to the 2021. We, say, we said Ham had enough to prove whether or not he could be a good coach. We're now more than 30 games in, and I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. I said this over the summer. I said this team has enough different ways they can play that there's no excuse for Darvin Ham at this point. Whatever path he wants to go down, he can. And that's why I've been saying it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why you're running these lineups out there that have all defensive players or all offensive players. Why it's a starting five where LeBron is the only ball handler. When you've got Austin, who's been red hot in December, and you don't want to put him in the starting lineup for who knows what reason. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So here's the thing, right? I'm not going to just say Darvin Ham's not a good coach. I don't know. Maybe he'll continue to grow. But right now, you got to lean more towards the negative side of things, don't you? Again, you you won the in-season tournament. You made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. But clearly, this offense isn't it. This offense is struggling. And it doesn't seem like they're really getting going. doesn't seem like guys are being put in positions to generate easy looks. I think it's something to be concerned about. I think it's something to be concerned about. More than 30 games in. Now, I will say this. There have been a lot of pieces missing. So when you say 30 games, how many of those games has he actually had the options in front of him to play different styles and things like that? Most of the time he hasn't because a bunch of guys have been out due to injury. But even when he has, now that he has, and I'm not sold on this starting five. I'm not sold on these rotations. It's jarring. You're going from, again, a group that should be really good defensively and bad offensively. And then midway through the first quarter, that gets switched up to the opposite, to Reeves, Prince, D'Angelo Russell, LeBron AD, to a bad defensive group, but should be a good offensive group. Why? Why are we doing this? I, I've said it a bunch of times. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I hope a month from now, I get to say Darwin was right. And this lineup works great. 
and they've figured something out and they're winning basketball games. Gosh, I hope, I hope that's what I get to say. But honestly, that's not my opinion. I think this is insane to keep playing this starting five, to keep playing that bench unit when it seems like the solution is so simple right in front of you. You mix and match a little bit so you don't have all one way, all defense, and all offense. Doesn't make sense to me. And I'd love to hear some rationale behind it. And once again, I'd love to be wrong on it. My guy, Scorpio Sky. I've been standing in front of the screen. Uh, Tony Brothers standing in front of the screen, showing it was a three is crazy. I'm furious. Robbery. Well, Sky, if you're still on here, man, uh, shoot me a text and, and I'll shoot you a link. You can come on here and give me give me your thoughts on this. If you're still on. I know you sent this a little bit ago, but uh, but come hop in. I'm curious about uh, what you think if you're still watching this. Uh, Reagan Kalb said, what was that last shot call? Uh, what was Ham calling? Yeah, so the Lakers were, what, down two. Um, and they go for, they went for a two, but they went to LeBron in the post. And LeBron had 1.4 seconds left. He needed to just turn and fire, but it was... Like, it wasn't much, right? Like, it wasn't much of a play. Just throw it to LeBron in the post and pray that he's going to pull something off. And it didn't work. He didn't get a shot off before the, the clock expired. He did kind of a little up and under. It took a little too long to, to get into his move. And uh, and the clock expired. But, yeah, it certainly wasn't. So teams, they work on this stuff, right? They tend to have certain plays that they go to in late-game situations like that. If that was it, then heaven help us. Because that didn't seem like that was set up to uh, to generate anything good. Didn't seem like they knew what they wanted to do on that. All right, sending Sky a link here. Let me get set up with my with my headphones so I can bring him in. Curious what he thought on this one. M Dread. Said Austin Reeves drew a charge, no call. Yep. Anthony Edwards fouled LeBron at the rim. Yep. I thought LeBron got a makeup call on that one at least. I thought he got a makeup call on that on that foul at the rim, but still. Northborough said if subs play decent, we win, but the last play sucked. Yes. No doubt there. James Bell, refs robbed LeBron of his three at the end. I mean, it's frustrating. Uh-oh. Cusco said, I'm pretty sure LeBron's over was 26 and a half. I'm not going to say anything, but I, I'm also, but I also got to think some things. Also that Vando flop tech. Yeah, I, you know what? So I didn't have the, the actual feed volume up very loud. I wasn't sure that that happened, uh, that that was a, a flopping tech or what happened there. If it was really a tech for flopping, Okay, well, the, I mean, Towns flopped on a play where LeBron was defending him. Didn't look like there was contact. He got free throws. So shouldn't that also be a tech? Like, that's the, the problem with these flopping fouls, right? I think, honestly, the flopping fouls should not be made by the officials on the court unless it's something egregious and completely obvious. The flopping fouls, because players at this point are so good at creating either creating contact or making it look like there's contact that the officials that are right there are going to have a tough time. You need somebody who's watching on replay, who's looking for these things to be calling that because these guys are moving so fast. It can be difficult to tell when something's a flop or not, but let's face it. Those of you watching at home, you're watching on TV. Most of us can figure out what is a flop and what isn't, can't we? So I think you need somebody who's remote making these calls and taking that out of the hands of the officials who are right there if you're going to start to make this a regular thing. Otherwise, it feels very kind of eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Oh, okay, we're going to call that one. But there were eight other examples of flopping throughout the game that don't get called. Makes it so arbitrary, like you're just randomly picking a player to flop. It's like random searches at the airport or something. Okay, well, we're going to call that one, but not the other, you know, 10. Anyway, here he is. 
my guy, Scorpio Sky. Uh, I am not a happy guy, Trevor. How 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 are you holding up here? Because uh, this was this was rough. It was rough. So first of all, I have to apologize. Uh, obviously, I'm jumping on here on spur of the moment. I'm in my kitchen and I'm in my, I'm in my Lakers uh, pajamas, actually. <laughs> but um, rocking the PJs, that's all right. Still looking stylish, and you've got your mic and everything. You're good to go. Oh yeah, I got I threw it together very quickly, which is why I might be a little bit out of breath. Let's get down to it. Um, I think what made me the most angry is when they showed the the foot behind the line on the screen. And LeBron is pointing it out to his teammates. And Tony Brothers goes and stands in front of the screen. And I actually, I watched LeBron's post-game interview. And they asked him, like, what were the referees on the floor saying? And they said, it's out of our hands. Some, you know, this came from Secaucus. And that's when he was like, oh, you know, someone up there with a ham sandwich, you know, not paying attention. He was pretty, he was pretty furious about it. I mean, he should be. So that so that call was taken out of the hands of the officials there on the floor and was called by somebody in New Jersey. Wow. Man. And that's, look, there's some calls that that should be done for, but then that means whoever that was up there got it wrong. And this is a, a faceless, at least in my mind, they, they did. I've got Wolves fans who are arguing, like I'm seeing this all over Twitter and stuff, saying like, oh, no, it was, you know, his foot rocked forward a little bit. Come on. Like that, yeah. that to me looked like it was pretty clear. And that's on yeah. his birthday, no less. Yeah. On his there, birthday. There, there were Celtics fans arguing that Tatum didn't foul LeBron as well. Uh, <laughs> sometimes you just got to take, take the L and be honest. Uh, and, and that's the thing, you know, LeBron, you know, they get a stop, they go on a big fast break and LeBron hits a clutch three to tie the game on his birthday. And they take it away from him. I mean, they just they just ruined a historic moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing about you know the Sakakis thing is like I can almost understand referees on the floor not wanting to admit they are wrong. I get it's their job to get it right, but I can understand them being proud. So you have this other thing that you can go to to get a fair judgment on reviews, and then they get it wrong too. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I think personally, the NBA has consistently the worst officiating in all of sports, and they need to do something about it because it, it's not just us; it's all across the league. So what's the? I mean, how do you fix this? Because I think for, I think first of all, basketball is an extremely difficult sport to referee. Like that's that's part of the problem. Is it's very difficult to re, to referee basketball. That said, yeah, I, I think there's no consistency. Across no the accountability, coast. no accountability. If the if the officials don't do a good job, there's you know, I mean, they may get assigned less games, but I mm-hmm. mean, I Tony Brothers has you know, like he's done a bad job for years, and he, right. you don't see him in less games. I mean, and then I don't want to pick on him specifically. There's a lot of you know, Scott Foster. There's sure. the fact that we know these guys' names, you know, in wrestling, we have a we have a saying where you know the best referee is the one you do not notice. And yeah. if you do notice them, they're probably doing something wrong. And I think it's very similar in, in basketball and sports. If we know their names, it's probably not for a good reason. And the fact that they can kind of do whatever they want, if if the players look at each other wrong, they get called for a technical. If they complain about the call, they get fined. Like, they can just do whatever they want, and there's no accountability for it. At least not publicly. Yeah, there's no there's no repercussions that that we see that fans see to give them that trust, right, in the game that it's going to be officiated properly, that everything is on the up and up. And the NBA, given their history, you think they would want to do something to try to make that all cl- all more clear. I mean, they do like the last two minutes report, but even that, I mean, yeah, it what gets happens? so jumped up. <laughs> Have you ever, I mean, if you ever read through one of those, like, yeah, they'll, they'll put in the last two minutes, they'll put 20 things on there just to show that they could have called all this different stuff. And so that ends up being a jumbled mess and isn't all that helpful. I, I do agree. I think that the NBA has a has a problem in terms of fans thinking the officials are doing a good job. Now, I think a lot of fans you know, don't agree with calls officials make and those will stick out in our minds and everything. And so in general, fans across sports aren't necessarily in favor of referees or don't have a positive opinion of of referees but it does seem to be 
a particular problem in the NBA where calls are missed, games are not officiated consistently from, from game to game, or even within a game, we see calls change. Look, it was last game, right? Austin fouled somebody by getting elbowed in the face. And then Max Christie came down and elbowed somebody in, fa- in the face and got a call against him. Yeah. Uh, you just <laughs> There's just no consistency. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, it's probably not going to change, so we just have to deal with it and wake up tomorrow, and hopefully we have a better game. Hopefully. All right, this one said, my God, we're just as average as our record shows. It doesn't matter the circumstances. We're just average. We need a star player to give us guaranteed play. I can't with role players who aren't consistent. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I mean, who's who's that star player that you can go get though right now? That's that's part of the problem. And do you even want to go back like do you want to go back to the three-star model? I don't think we need a star player. We just need role players that consistently contribute. Yeah, that's it. And 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 I guess, you know, to a certain extent, every team feels that way because not every role player is going to be great every night. Mm-hmm. Some role players are for other teams are great every night. You see them, uh, but they're not great every night. But we definitely have, uh, you know, a lack of consistency in our role players. And we just need guys that deliver most nights and LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they can get it done. They just need some help. Yeah. And tonight they definitely didn't get that. They definitely didn't get um, the help that they needed in this one. So if you could find a little bit more consistency from your role players, that would go a long way. Uh, I'll also say this though, like some of it is the way the role players are being used. Yeah. I think that's, that's a piece of this too. Uh, bruh, bruh said our missing piece is not coming from a trade. Stop suggesting them. Uh, you haven't been around here that long then I guess, I guess our missing piece is a competent coach. It's that simple. So, all right, we'll get to the coach, the coaching piece, but that's this time. Every fan, look, there was a big trade in the NBA today between the Knicks and the Raptors. It's that time of year. Everybody, February 8th is the trade deadline. There's going to be a ton of trade rumors between now and then it's part of what makes this league so exciting is the game within the game that goes on every single year. Um, yet no stop suggesting trades. That's not going to happen. And that's part of the fun that people have with this is coming up with trades and figuring out ways to make things work and, and all of that. That's this time of year. So that's not your thing. I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that's the way the NBA news cycle goes around this time. Right. I mean, that's that, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our missing piece is a competent coach. It's that simple. What, what, where are you at with Darwin? I've been vocal about not liking this new starting five and the way the rotations are going right now. Where are you at on Darwin? I'm also not happy with the starting five and the inconsistency of the starting fives we ha- we've had this year. Um, I, I just think they need to settle on one and commit to it and let those guys get continuity together like they need that if you keep rolling out these different uh rotations guys are never going to learn to play with each other you need to just find something that works and and i don't think long-term lebron at point guard is the answer you need to put austin reeves or you need to put d'angelo russ like one of those guys needs to be on the floor with him um that being said i'm not out on darvin ham it has been very frustrating but he has shown us that he can be a very good coach i mean we're less than a year removed from the playoffs where he Mm -hmm. went toe-to-toe with steve kerr and with 
Taylor Jenkins. And he obviously he he wasn't great in the conference finals, uh, but we were we faced a great team. Oh, you know, so it's not all on him. We faced a great team. We faced the NBA champions. So, I mean, I'm just not really going to complain about it because it's not going to change. They're, they're not going to fire him, you know, no. a, you know, a year and a half into his tenure, you know, so like cheer for the guy, hope he gets better. Um, but I mean, you, you put Eric Spolstra on as this, as the team or the coach of this team, you know, sure. We'll, we'll have a better coach, but that's not the answer. We still need more. Yeah. I think they do still need more. I think that, I think they need more in all facets. I think they need more from, from Darwin. Honestly, I think they need, but I also think you need more from your role players, more consistency there. Maybe there's some options you can explore on the trade market, but I also agree. I don't think unless Darwin does something egregious between, you know, sometime in the next few months or something. Otherwise I think the very earliest they'd make a change at the, at, at coach would be this summer. And and that's even tough because then you're committing to paying Darvin Ham two for two years to not coach for you. That's not ideal. Even for a club as valuable as the Lakers, that's not ideal. So I think they're going to give him every chance to prove that he's not the guy. I am not thrilled with what we're seeing right now, but I sure hope he finds his way. I sure hope he does. All right, let me get to this. By the way, um, LeBron, another quote coming out of his post game. People were asking about the final play, um, and people were critical of Darvin. And I said, if that's what you know was being drawn up, that's not good. LeBron took that on himself. He said he misread the final play, and he said, I've got to be better than that, considering there was 1.4 seconds. So he was saying it was a misread on his part. So maybe that takes a little bit off of, of Darvin Ham. Yeah, I did see that part of his interview yeah. as well. All right. Uh, Northboro said, Bronze fell on Con on Conley and uh, Vando flop calls were horrible. Yeah, look, this that was the point, you know, Daniel Stark had made the point over on, on X, said even without that call, this was a poorly officiated game. It was a frustrating one to watch. Yeah, uh, be beginning to end, it was a frustrating game. Like, I was frustrated with the referees in the first quarter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there's just... I, you know, you always say this, and I have to agree. Obviously, I am biased, but it just feels, I test, like we kind of have to get clobbered to get calls, whereas other teams mm -hmm. kind of draw minimal contact. And the numbers back up if you look at Embiid and you look at Giannis and you look at other superstars in the league and you compare them to LeBron James. It's just, it's just different. It's not the same. He's treated differently. I don't know why, but... yeah. It is what it is. And it, and it makes it's it's counterintuitive, is it? Like it's not what you would you would expect that given that he's been the face of the league for so long, given that he is, I, you know, not to get into the GOAT debate, he's one of the greatest ever, maybe the greatest ever. You would think that that's the guy that would be getting the benefit of the doubt on calls. And yet he doesn't. It goes the other way. He gets hammered all the time and nothing. And then with certain other stars, like the, you look at him and, it, and it's a foul. It's very surprising and it's it's bizarre in that way for a league where you know that gets criticized for the refs having too much influence and all these sorts of things for LeBron to struggle to get a fair whistle. I think it's one of the stranger referee related things that I can think of going on in the league right now. Yeah, uh, they're the all the officials are Jordan fans apparently. <laughs> maybe maybe that's it. They're all they're all Jordan fans. They're like, from, he's uh, not the goat. <laughs> I all sound like Vince McMahon, too. I don't know. <laughs> he's not the goat. <laughs> I like it. Oh, no, Vince. Oh. Man, I would love to send uh, Tony Brothers to see Vince McMahon right now. Right? Did Vince do the strut? You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> come, come for the referee takes. Stay for the Vince McMahon impressions. Can you imagine? Well, we're off the rails. So let's just no. <laughs> Can you imagine? They call it a two. They review it, and uh, they come back and they say, "Yep, it, it's a two point." And all of a sudden, no chance. And Vince McMahon <laughs> does his strut out. And he's just like pissed. He's just like screaming, like, start that. like that would be man. That would the mu the music hits. Yeah, the the uh, somebody cashes in the money in the bank or something oh, like that. Yes. And, yeah. 
<laughs> we need the McMahon family to buy the NBA. There we go. That's that's the solution. That would that would solve everything. Yeah, that'd be that great. would be solve everything. It might create some other issues too, but it would it would solve these <laughs> ones. Uh, Logan said, "Trade we can make to beat good teams and refs." Uh, Sky, I, I'm curious. Uh, there's already a bunch of rumors flying around, right? Dejounte Murray. You've got uh, Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, Alex Caruso. Now there's uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, Royce O'Neal. Like a bunch of names been thrown around. Are there any that really like catch your fancy that you go, "Yes, that's the guy the Lakers need to go get." I like him. Go get them all. Get all of them. <laughs> Just get bring them all. No, um, I I have been a Dejounte Murray guy for years oh okay years i've liked i went back when he was in san antonio and then when he got traded to atlanta i was like oh my god like that's a huge move for them um i i I just think he's the fact that he's this guard that's a point of attack defender and and he's and he's a great scorer and he's got a long wingspan that doesn't even make sense for a guy who's like six four um I think he would be perfect. That being said, I don't think it's realistic. I don't think the Hawks are ready to move on from him. They just gave up a lot to get him. And unless they are moving into something big, they probably aren't going to trade him. Um, I do like the idea of like a Dorian Finney-Smith, depending on what we'd give up, and Royce O'Neal. I think those types of guys are are the types of guys that we are, you know, that I think would be good. But at the same time, I try not to get married to any of these rumored guys because the Lakers always go get the guy that you don't see coming, right? Like nobody saw Rui coming and we didn't hear about D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley until it was happening. Yep. Everything was always Josh Richardson, Jakob Pertl or, or Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier and all the, it was like, there was rumors of every single guy except the guys we actually traded for. So I try not to get too married to who was rumored and just wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's um, that's fair, right? Like a lot of the ones that come from out of the blue, the ones that like they hit you like the RKO, those are the ones that that get done, right? And that was the case today with the Knicks and the Raptors thing. Even though we knew they had prior discussions like a year ago, the fact that it still just hit us in the middle of the day or, or morning on a Saturday uh, those are the really fun ones, and those are also the trades that, that wind up getting done because they don't get leaked and other teams don't come in and mess them up and things like that. So uh, I think that's a good point that sometimes the ones that you hear rumored don't get done. Now, the like the Anthony Davis trade, we heard all about that and every little bit of the negotiation, and then finally it did get done. So you never know, but yes, it's those out of the blue. What? The Lakers are trading for that guy? Those ones are extra fun, mm-hmm. but I'll also say... Those are the ones that catch me like when I'm at the grocery store or something like that. And it drives me crazy. I, I need to, to figure out Rob, some way to know Rob, when these things are going to go down. You, Rob needs to have your number and, and just a heads he, up. He can kind of smarten you up. Just send you a text and, and, and just, Hey, Trevor, you available? You know what I mean? Like, and that's it. He doesn't have to tell you anything. Just, uh, just to smart you up. And so you're ready. And you know, what's funny is sometimes you don't, even when you think it's going to happen. So like, um, was it last summer, two summers ago, I guess, uh, the miles Turner, buddy heel thing. Mm. I had, I had heard from multiple people the night before media day, like, Hey, this is, this is going to happen. Yeah. It's going down. This is happening. You know what I mean? And so I cleared the whole next day. I'm like, That's okay, cool. this trade's going to happen. I'm ready for it. Like everybody was like, Oh yeah, it's ready to be signed off on. This is good to go. And then last minute swerve. No, never mind. It's not happening. And that's after I spent the, so you just, you just never truly know. Even when I was like, okay, I'm ahead on this one. I know what's going to happen here. I know when this is going to go down. It's going down tomorrow. Cool. We're going to be, we're going to cover this thing. Yeah. You just never know. Never know for sure. What's going to happen in this league. Um, All right. Let's see. We'll do a couple more purple rain said Vando looks so off. We need him healthy. Um, I thought tonight was the, was the most Vando that he looked right. Was the, to me anyway, he looked the most like himself that we've seen since he came back. And that was, that was a good sign. I, he, I still don't think he looks a hundred percent, but I thought tonight was a step forward. Yeah, I agree. I think he's working his way back. He's not quite there, but he'll, he'll get there. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, before I forget, we need to do this master lock of the night. Not not like it's any 
debate here or anything like that. I'm assuming we're we're master locking the officials. I'm gonna master lock my dog Teddy for pooping on my floor during the game tonight. However, oh, <laughs> that that would do it. So what the, the dog was just taking after the referees, then I guess. Yeah, yeah. I went up, <laughs> I went upstairs to change and came back down to a nice surprise. However, I kind of think maybe he saw it coming uh because it was symbolic of what this game turned into. So, you know, you know, dogs are intuitive and stuff. So maybe that's that's what it is. <laughs> he, was, he was warning you yeah it was a warning it was it was a warning it was a warning there's, there, there's some things coming here um <laughs> man that was that was brutal from the official so i obviously it's got to go to the refs i've got people saying master lock Sakakis, new jersey sure master lock whoever it was that made the call the guy with the ham sandwich uh is getting tony, tony brothers message. standing in front of the screen blocking the was, foot <laughs> like was he like trying to hide it yes he's that's like going he's like. like going get this screen out of here they can it was see just it. like no it isn't <laughs> it's like that's a three that's a three no it's not it's like it's come like, on man what are you it's doing like my daughter walked in i had christmas presents in the closet and the closet's open and she walks in. I like I real quickly had to slide and try to shut the door real quick. That's what he was doing, he was doing. With, with the screen. The Lakers are trying to look behind, look behind him and stuff and point it out. Uh that, that was crazy. Yeah, that's the master lock. That, specifically that's, for me, it would be Tony Brothers in that moment. I, I would love for Chris Masters to have been sitting front row and just hopped up. <laughs> just and hop up. No, yeah. lock it in and pull him away from the screen. Shake him like the rag doll. <laughs> carry him up. Yep. Yeah, that'd be yep. great. All right. Uh, Trey said, we're not making the playoffs. We're not even halfway through the season. Oh, yes, we are. Like, why Why are we so pessimistic there? Uh, AD outplayed Cat and Gobert. He called him Goober. Goober. Combined. <laughs> Anthony, yeah, right now. Sky, tell me, like, you've got Rudy Gobert. He is right now the favorite to win defensive player of the year. I don't think that's right. They showed a graphic of some defensive stats, um, like advanced stats before this game. Um, Obviously, I was watching Lakers broadcast, but I mean, numbers don't lie. They showed and they compared Anthony Davis to um, Rudy Goober. And (laughs) Anthony Davis was slightly ahead of him in every category. So I don't know. I mean, I guess just because they have a better record. Um, that's the only thing that pulls him ahead. But, I mean, if they don't give it to Anthony Davis this year, they're never going to because, I mean, he's been ridiculous. So he needs to play in at least 65 games. So far, he's been been great uh, this season in terms of games played. I think he's only missed, what, a couple? He's missed yeah. a few here and I there? Hate, I hate that, by the way, though. 65 games, at, like, minimum. Like To me, that makes it a participation award at that point. Yeah, I mean, I think you don't want to have guys who a guy play five games or something, but I don't think that was really happening either. I I agree. But so if if Anthony Davis somehow, God forbid, only ends up playing 64 games this year and we're not counting the in-season tournament game, he's not going to win it. Yeah, (laughs) that's that's what that's what they're going to. That's what they're saying now. They. I think there's some exceptions for injuries and things like that, but he's at 30 games played Yeah, already. He should hit that number. It's just, I don't like it for any award going forward for any person because I mean, if a guy plays 55 games and he's the best, whatever for mm-hmm. those 55 games, and they're going to give it to a guy that maybe plays 71 games, like, like MB- more games. Exactly. Embiid was spectacular last year and deserved MVP. And I think he played just under 65 games. So he wouldn't have gotten it if, if they had that in in place. And it's just ridiculous to me. I don't like it. Well, I mean, think about last year with the Defensive Player of the Year award, right? I mean, you had Jaron Jackson who <laughs> played a few more games than Anthony Davis did. And he got the award. Started the year hurt, Jaron Jackson did. And he gets yeah. the award. Anthony Davis played more minutes than Jaron Jackson did. Like he actually spent more time on an NBA court than Jared right. Jackson did. And so that's when it gets it gets messy. I get it. They don't want to be handing out the awards to a guy who load manages half the season or something like that. But I think it's probably going too far to set it at 65 games. And hey, this is this arbitrary number that we set that you've got to that you've got to hit. Yeah, I agree. Uh Ree said, can't tell me the NBA is not rigged. 
refs missed his parlay. Ruined a great Braun moment on his birthday. Also, if the depth won't show, why should we hesitate to make a trade? So I've had some people have mentioned that. Like, if the Lakers' depth isn't resulting in wins, why would you not just cash in as much depth as you need to to get a third star and then go from there? Let's go. John, how are you doing? Uh, we're going to have a very fun slash rantful post-post-game show. Oh, I'm here for it, brother. All right. Love I love it. it. <laughs> I love it. Um, what do you guys think before we transition over to Sean's post post game show conceptually, the idea that if the Lakers depth isn't coming through, like it didn't come through on the offensive end tonight, should the Lakers be less hesitant to consolidate some of that depth to go get more of a, I guess it would be a low level. You'd have to be stretching to the word star, I think, but to consolidate that depth into a more of an impact piece. I think that's fair. You know, that's a fair suggestion and it depends on who you're giving up. And mm -hmm. because the fact that they have depth now makes it a different situation from before where you were giving up everything and now you've got three guys and you got to figure out what's around them. They've got enough pieces now where they can move a few of them if they want to bring in a star and they still have a little bit left, you know. Um, and I mean, I think they're on the right track. I trust the, I used to get in trouble for saying this. I trust the front office, um, and I and I just I I, I think they're going to make the right move, whatever it may be. Uh, they're 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 not going to trade Austin Reeves. You know, we've heard time and time again that's not happening. And, and of course, sure, of course, if if the Milwaukee Bucks call and they say, yeah, we are, we just want to get mm -hmm. rid of Giannis, he's 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 too much. You know, he's, he's making Reeves. the rest of our team look bad. Yeah, right? yeah, he's sure. Too good. Sure, but not for Deshante Murray or, or or Zach Levine or they're not going to do anything like that. I just I don't believe they will. And if they do, and then I'll come on this show and I'll admit I was wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they're going to move, possibly D'Angelo Russell, who I love, but you know, and Rui Hachimura, who I also love, if they wanted to move those guys and and it makes sense and it makes us a better basketball team, sure. Uh, all I'm going to say is you hold. Uh, an NBA team to 108 points, that should be enough to win a basketball game in 2023. That's all I got. True. True. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right. With that, we're going to move over to Sean Davis's post-game post show. Thank you guys for joining me. Uh, starting in the new year, Sean's show will be a separate stream. So just be prepared for that, guys. It'll be his own thing. That's going to be starting up uh once we get into 2024 obviously we're not there just yet so just sit tight and sean's show is going to start momentarily but first sky thank you so much for kind of last minute here jumping on i uh, always appreciate it and love talking lakers basketball with you you're welcome <laughs> vince mcmahon everybody thank you so much for for making the appearance here sean have a fantastic post post game show i can't wait to hear what you're gonna have to say in this one thanks everybody for joining till next time see ya and stay safe without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.